2: What is up people? Hope you're all doing well. Welcome back to the Esports Rewind Podcast. Hello, Zane. Hello,
3: Jakey Boy. You know what? One of these weeks I'm gonna have to open up with my own like psychotic, like, you know You <laughs> will be so surprised. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like the mild mannered Xan out here, like oh <laughs>
2: The most reserved guy, I know. But anyway, we hope you guys are all doing well, as per usual. Welcome back to the podcast, breaking down, you know, a few of the craziest stories we have seen in the past week. Zan, anything to tell the people before we get rolling?
3: You know what, as always, you know, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, If you'd like to support the channel, hey, maybe throw a subscription our way. It keeps you in touch with what the latest content we're posting, and it really does help support us like a ton, believe it or not. So please, subscribe if you enjoy it. Uh, Aside from that, though, if you want to check out the podcast on iTunes or Spotify, we're on The Prediction So by all means, check it out.
2: Yeah, but besides all that, guys, let's get it rolling. Here we go. And Xanafer, I think this past week, man, we're finally entering the side of esports that I'm really excited to possibly touch more on in the future. That's going to be bringing the big wigs, the CEOs, the top names, uh, Mm. down into the drama. Not necessarily controversy, but the beef side of things. Um, When it comes time for traditional sports, we certainly see, you know, owners or coaches I would say more rarely than the players being involved. Yeah, you don't
3: see direct engagement ever before between the heads of, like I don't know, Lakers and the Knicks.
2: Yeah, you don't. And and if you do, obviously it's in the news. Uh I'm very excited as we slowly try and enter that side of things, especially us being more of a news show. um, I'm really excited to see where that takes a turn and how that can defer, but also kind of correlate with what we see in traditional sports out there. This past week, talking a lot about G2 CEO Ocelot taking Mm -hmm. on the world. And let me tell you, man, I'm just super excited to kind of talk about personalities, a, a guy like Ocelot. I
3: hear that. <laughs> I, lo- I love that about esports, that we have these strong personalities at the helm of our, our organizations like this. Oh, yeah.
2: And it's not it's not a bad
3: thing, you yeah. know?
2: I mean, even a well, guy...
3: it's a bit of a double-edged sword. <laughs> well,
2: take it lightly, because, you know, obviously when we talk about... I think we're going to talk about big personalities. Faze hmm. Banks has a gigantic personality, and certainly yeah. double-edged, yeah. right? Uh-huh.
3: Great things, maybe some... For every excellent announcement, there's a hotel room or two. Yeah,
2: but me, yeah. despite all of that, no seems like no one really faults mm-hmm. him too much for it and exactly. they greatly enjoy still digesting that kind of side of things mm. and seeing these CEOs, these owners, these investors, whoever it might be, top names of brands and, and organizations, you know, saying some pretty crazy things to break down G2 Ocelot this past week uh, alone. Not only had Nadeshot apparently uh, blocked G2 on Twitter and then mm. we actually had Ocelot, on um, quote, subquote, that tweet or quote that tweet whatever you want to call say lmao he later replied saying big w for the boys and then we do, we actually dove back in that for a video finding out that g2 social media and nadeshot had apparently been sending him some things and involving him in their really? media a <laughs> lot more than i thought uh-huh. uh, and then of course i brought up the moment where Oslot and g2 other organizations made fun of the hunter thieves merch drop mm-hmm. and so you finally <laughs> realize that there are certainly dips in 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 dives behind the scenes that we had not really you know seen too much of that maybe led to that blocking
3: Somebody didn't invite somebody else to a party, and now people's feelings know. are hurt, know. and now they're on Twitter being like, oh. <laughs>
2: But Ocelot was not done, so that was a great little beef back and forth there. We'll see where that goes. Mm. Then he'd actually had a pinned tweet for quite some time in his profile um, involving, I think it was like Fnatic and Liquid, also Hunter Thieves. No, yeah, yeah. Just yeah.
3: jokes, right? Yeah, the shit talk one, like yeah. the general one. It was yeah, jokes yeah. and jabs.
2: Uh-huh. And later on, just uh, this past week, in a reply to that, someone asked about, do you have a rivalry with FaZe Clan? And he just goes, no. <laughs> Phase Faze effing sucks. They're not even in the same esports realm as G2. And it's just like, it's these things where, yeah, he's joking, he's jabbing, he's Mm -hmm. bantering. But Mm -hmm. it's just so funny because, you know, if this happened in sports, Mm -hmm. ESPN's talking about it. So that's my mindset. This
3: would be the story for, like, weeks. Like, for three or four weeks. In esports, it's like, it's a Tuesday. Yeah. It's a Tuesday, and then by Wednesday, people are like, well, I mean... Yeah, okay, I guess. Yeah, yeah and it's,
2: it's so awesome because, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I really do enjoy Oslot. I enjoy what he's doing. I enjoy him really kind of own – of course, it's his, it's his personality, right? But he's mm-hmm. owning up to it all the more yeah. and just kind of saying these kind of things out of nowhere, dropping it. It's not even g- garnering too much traction on Twitter. Yeah, it really didn't. The tweet no.
3: of his, him just talking shit was like – Got a little bit of engagement,
2: but nothing crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I always, I know, people get annoyed when I go back on this. I always imagine, like, what if Ninja said, like, uh, uh, G2 effing mm. sucks? Or what mm. if Nadeshot said FaZe Clan effing sucks? It would be definitely up there, I would say, for a headline. So yeah, similar, yeah. when it comes time for Oslot knocking on a lot of top orgs out there, we love to break it down, guys. Uh, if anything else happens in the future and this beef does continue, I'm sure you guys will hear
3: more about it. All right, Jake, one of my favorite things to do on a podcast is to bring up a story that's kind of a little bit out of left field. You know, mm. something you would not expect that most people probably have not heard of this week in gaming and esports news. Because, you know, maybe it slipped under the radar. But this week, I have an announcement from the uh, United States Food and Drug Administration. Jesus,
2: you, you, some, you somehow bring in all these oddball stories. Just continue. I'm not even going to
3: Okay, so you know how uh, recently in the UK, uh, there was a discussion about whether or not video gaming is addicting. Yes. And how that might affect younger people and people throughout their lives, really. Mm-hmm. And now the uh, FDA in the US has announced that they, uh, they have their very first approved video game for medical treatment. Ooh.
2: Okay. So this is the United States. I don't want to get these- Food
3: and Drug Administration. Food and Drug Administration. Uh-huh.
2: FDA is a, is a fairly well-known- Yeah,
3: yeah. That's that's the uh, the branch of our government that approves our food that we eat, the medicine we take. Basically, anything that, that we consume, it goes through the FDA. And so personally. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah. They have now what? A, They've approved a video game as a valid form of medical treatment, if I'm understanding what they're saying. Correctly.
2: They have approved a video game as a valid source of medical treatment.
3: Uh-huh. Okay, I'm just
2: trying to repeat exactly what you yeah. said so people like me can understand. Uh, anyway, continue. It is
3: weird, I saw this and I was like so confused. I was like, what?
2: So we, we hear yeah. about FDA approved foods. <laughs> right, yeah,
3: <laughs> FDA approved game. games. Yeah, yeah, it's a tongue twister, yeah. huh? Yeah, right, yeah, it kind of So is. What, what, is this, what is this game exactly? Uh, doing? Well, the game itself is nothing special. It is a game made kind of specifically for this purpose. It's called uh, Endeavor RX. And for those that are may not be familiar, RX is kind of like the universal, Symbol uh, notation for pharmacy medical care sounds RX. familiar. Yeah, yeah. If you see like a lot of a lot of stores, if they have a pharmacy, it'll be like Walgreens RX. Yeah, or something yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, yeah. The game's called Endeavor, and they basically <clears> said, "Hey, so we have a game now that we feel comfortable releasing to the masses as a valid treatment for ADHD." What? It'll be a free game. People can download it on mobile. Do we know exactly like the the? Don't know many details. We know it'll be free most likely. We know it'll be on mobile. We know that it's medically approved. So it's going, to be start, it's going to start being recommended. And we know that this is coming on the tail of a medical trial that they did where in which a third of the, the uh, participants that they tested uh, saw an increase in their cognitive attention span.
2: And don't uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. Didn't we talk about many, many months ago as well that it's coming sometime in the in the future that it will be diagnosable to be as you said addicted, yeah, to, as video addicted games, to video as games. As, a, as did they call it a disease? It was. It was. I, I think
3: they just stuck to addiction. Okay. They, they didn't it lean into the didn't disease. Didn't portray yeah. video yeah, games yeah. very well. Mm.
2: So I'm just curious how how. Because wouldn't any video game technically be a treatment for ADHD? I'm wondering how this one in particular no yeah treats so ADHD. Right. I mean,
3: if I could download it right now and like try it out, I was very curious. I went to the Play Store immediately and, and does was it, like, can does I grab <laughs> this? Does it help with your ADHD or Apparently is it just distracting it you like any video game would? So you <laughs> see that's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if this is the FDA. Are you just gonna walk away from this <laughs> video game being like I don't have it anymore? These like, are just I'm <laughs> wondering if these are just old people the FDA being like I was. These people were very uh, they were very attentive to this video game in general and they were very interested in playing it and you know maybe they were interested in other things afterwards as well who knows (laughs) who knows really but i just find this fascinating that this is where we're at right now in society yeah yeah. where esports is finally getting accepted as a real sport video games are being accepted as medical treatments Mm -hmm. like the industry is only growing and i can't wait until the day that Call of Duty is being diagnosed so as a treatment for like, Jesus. yeah, yeah. That's gonna be the stress reducer. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, uh, here's my, we're gonna have, oh, here's your medical homework, guys. Okay, they give you the prescription. Call of they Duty, say, Modern yeah, Warfare. yeah no, Okay, it's... I recommend that you play three games of, uh, Domination. And then we, yeah. <laughs> And I want two games of Uh deathmatch. You must use SMGs because I know you've been having a rough time with them lately. I think it might be stress-related because you're freaking out about the uh – the spray and everything. It might dude. be affecting your performance in the rest of your life as well. We're so. going to
2: have every game out there trying to vie for how they, yeah, they treat yeah, right. ADD and ADHD. Right, right. Gosh, we'll see what's next. Another progressive step forward, I guess, for video yeah, games. kind of. Halfway, I guess. We'll see how this helps uh, with ADHD. I never... Yeah. It's a weird one, but it's a fun
3: one, yeah. too. Yeah.
2: And before we get our next topic, guys, let's talk really quick about this week's sponsor. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day every day live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE, BetOnline, your online wagering experts. And now, let's get back to the podcast. And next up, over the past week, if you guys forgot, this podcast is pre-recorded by one week, so I am a bit behind. But a bit of a more of a prediction video we made on this, and certainly a talking point going forward, is going to be life after Fortnite, Zan. Huh? Mm. You didn't see me slipping that one, did you? out of nowhere, huh? Yeah, I mean,
3: I'm curious about what what direction you're taking this in.
2: Yeah, so we had a video this past week where shortly after we had a teaser for Season 3 coming to Fortnite and then the eventual release I believe a couple days later we saw tons of streamers out there, of course, return to Fortnite. You know, Tim the Tatman, Cloaksy, Tfue Dabbled here and there amongst a lot of other names that are Fortnite creators or formerly Fortnite creators dive back in for what might have been a couple of days, what might have been only a couple of hours for a lot of them until they went back to Warzone. Obviously, the much rising Battle Mm -hmm. Royale out there. I think Warzone has done a lot of great things when it comes time for progressing BRs, just like Fortnite did in the prior two years. They both have done great things for BRs, slowly getting closer and closer to what we consider to be esports. Absolutely. Um, In case people missed our video on this, uh, I think it was actually about a month ago, Summit 1G made some great points about why Battle Royales, many people do consider them to be esports because they have tournaments and prize pools, but for him at least, they're Almost there. They're not quite there. They're making mm-hmm. great moves forward as to what we want to see. But mm. there's, so, there's still so many issues when it comes time for Battle Royales being esports.
3: I 100% agree. I definitely don't think they're really esports ready.
2: In terms of competitive integrity, I think we've even had a lot of uh, big names out there attached to organizations like TSM even come out and say, and a lot of pro players even openly admit there is no competitive integrity when Mm -hmm. it comes to battle royales, right? There are so many ifs, ands, buts, RNG, and so they can't quite be esports. I like to think, though, we're making that step forward. And so I kind of touch on life after Fortnite as whatever game comes next, whatever game comes after Fortnite and after Warzone, can there somehow be a good enough title to somehow get both those draws, right, and and keep it going? But it also makes you think – I mean, I don't know what we Uh, saw with Fortnite was was groundbreaking rare. It was life-changing. It does not happen
3: once in a lifetime experience right there Yeah Yeah.
2: I I mean what it did I I could go off on this for so many tangents But the same with Warzone right with with Blackout being the first Call of Duty Battle Royale I think largely by a lot of eyes out there it flopped I think it was underrated by the end of its lifetime by the time Warzone came out but Warzone itself right now is doing tremendous things Mm -hmm. and so it makes you think can there be something after both of these that draws in all of these names? Because we're seeing a definite rift
3: mm-hmm. between
2: Fortnite Battle Royale players and Warzone Battle Royale players. And I'm just wondering, can there be a comeback for both of them?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think Battle Royale has a huge future in gaming in yeah. general. I think there's a lot of unique avenues you could take this type of gameplay mechanic in, and I think it'll be fascinating when we finally feel a game developer is ready to release a battle royale game that people actually have to pay full price for. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, all these battle royales are free, yeah, you know? And part of that is, of course, it's easier to get people involved if your game is free. I mean, that's the lowest barrier of entry possible. But at the end of the day, in my mind that kind of speaks to, they didn't feel confident that people would pay for it. You know, and I think that's that's been a large part about why these kickstart so
2: well. Though Mm -hmm. we saw Warzone really take off, we saw Fortnite really take off. Same could be said even for a game like Apex because. Yeah, no barrier to entry means everyone's there, right? Which away. is
3: which is hugely important. But I would love to see the first game like this that is like, you know, that they that is so strong, so good. I mean, heck, you look at a game like Cyberpunk, right? Nobody is questioning paying sixty dollars for that game. Everybody's like, yeah, heck yeah. Yeah. I'll put that down immediately.
2: I think when it comes time yeah. for an esport though, I think we're going away from that. And I think it probably yeah, a I talking point for the future. Large large
3: terms. I think free to play is probably the move. Yeah. But I do believe that I don't know how sustainable that is long-term, you know? Because these games are only getting bigger and better. And battle royales are only doing the same. I mean, Warzone has more players than we've seen previously, and
2: they're only selling more and more skins, though. You know, yeah, so yeah. I think we'll we'll save that talking point for the f- mm. for the future. I guess for where I'm aiming for is, can we ever see a battle royale attuned to both what I am seeing as a, definitely an older demographic for mm. for Call of Duty Warzone? I think mm. they would like to say that they're the more adult
3: yeah version. I, I think that's fair. Yeah, and
2: I think we all we all are admitting that Fortnite's demographic is more of a kid and younger demographic. I, I, not my words. Okay, in the past week, we've had plenty of people, uh, Myth in the past month has said this, Tfue has said this, Cloaksy has said they're trying to appeal more to that casual, younger player base. Mm-hmm. So can we see a middle ground? And if we do, is that the next big thing after Fortnite and Warzone?
3: Destiny Battle Royale. Shut Let's the up. F- yeah. okay.
2: We're moving to <laughs> next one. What do you guys think? Whew. <clears throat>
3: All right, Jake, this is a little bit less fun of a story than the previous ones, unfortunately. Take the smile off my face. I would be doing a disservice to the fighting game community and my own love for the scene if I did not discuss the biggest news that we've seen in recent months. Uh, Filipino champ made an unfortunate tweet uh, last week about Black Lives, not necessarily about Black Lives Matter, but tangentially related, and as a result has been banned from several events, all of the big ones, by all of the big tournament organizers, as as well as Capcom, Capcom themselves, has said that Filipino Champ will be banned indefinitely from all of their events just going forward, Mm -hmm. right? And this is an interesting case in particular because Filipino Champ, F Champ for short, has been a huge member of the fighting game community for years, he's a former EVO champion, EVO being the Super Bowl of the fighting game community, and he has just dominated in every game he's competed in, he's been in top five, top 10, you know, excellent member of the community. And he made this tweet last week that was him cutting a watermelon apart and saying, hashtag uh, watermelon lives matter. Probably the worst possible time oh my God. to make that joke. And as a revo- as a result, he did get the punishment that uh you know game developers and tournament organizers felt was fair. But I do think this is one of those wild instances where this is a player who has a clear record of saying uh, some problematic things. Mm-hmm. In, in do, you, have, do you ever watch wrestling? Rarely. Okay, so in, in, in wrestling terms, he's what would be known as a heel. Or a villain character. This is an
2: interesting comparison. I'm from yeah. Iowa, is big wrestling state. Mid-west, yeah, really. Yeah? So okay, people so are probably gonna hate on me for that.
3: I, I, okay, okay, okay. I, I, I picked the right subject to <laughs> meta- make a metaphor. Right off in of my it. alley. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Be. <laughs> uh, next door to your alley. One block <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, he's a heel where he like he acts like a bad guy a lot to kind of like doctor disrespect. That's the better comparison for esports. You know, Thank where you. Where that's it's kind of like a persona in a way. Yeah. Um, but he has said a lot of problematic things. It's, in un- past. it's unfortunate yeah. because last time we talked
2: about FGC and bands... Mm-hmm.
3: It was, I believe that was Low-Tier God and Seroblast. Yes. He who shall another. not be named. Uh, yeah. Can I
2: I don't know if you know right on the spot, how, mm. how, how do those bands compare? Would you say not these are all. along the
3: same lines of at least what they what they did in terms of how wrong it was? Part of the reason this is so important for the fighting game community is we don't really see bands like this very frequently. Okay. In other esports, you might see a couple bands like this every year, maybe like five to 10 minimum, right? Fighting game community only see one or two every few years, tops. Was this more severe than what we previously talked about? Absolutely not. This was just, he literally, he posted the, a picture of watermelon. Said, I mean, was his or,
2: punishment more severe than uh, the last one we talked about? It's still kind of up in the air. Okay, because it, it is indefinite, so yeah, we don't yeah, exactly know.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it was much more immediate. And I do think it was partially in, uh, as a result of the current circumstances. Rightfully yeah. so. And yeah, we've seen course. that
2: across the board when mm-hmm. it comes time for companies and esports orgs handing out punishments a lot faster given mm-hmm. these circumstances.
3: Absolutely. And I do think this is a this is one of those chances where Capcom saw what FChamp said and was like, okay, we'll make an example of him because he hasn't really competed in recent years. He hasn't competed in a single like actual tournament since 2018. Uh, Aside from like invitational stuff which that Mm -hmm. doesn't really count, you know And so him being banned from Capcom events doesn't really affect him him being banned from these other events from competing It doesn't really matter at the end of the day So I think this is a chance that the FTC community took to just be like, okay We're gonna send a message that we are supportive of all Members of the community and we don't want to tolerate any negative statements It was really unfortunate that it came to this guy in particular. I mean he I think he's been the most open in discussing his ban.
2: It's also really unfortunate he found this time to to
3: really think that through. Which I did appreciate, he acknowledged that immediately. He took the tweet down, apologized immediately. Did he? Okay. He made an apology tweet, and then he put out like a three hour long Twitch stream, just talking about it, apologizing, owning up to like, okay, here's what happened. I'm not making excuses, it was poor judgment on my part. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a funny joke, I thought that the people around me liked it, put it out to the public, realized it was bad, took it down, you know? And he just asked for equality in those judgments going forward. Like yep. he was like, yeah, realistically speaking, he, he said, I accept the punishment and he's down with it. He's not trying to fight it at all. He just wants everybody in the community to be treated the same way, which I think is a way all communities need to proceed going forward. Yeah,
2: I guess based off what you've told me from his response, I haven't seen it personally. That's mm-hmm. about as well as you probably can word it. You got to yeah. accept it. He took it down right away, has mm-hmm. remorse for it. Mm-hmm. And hopefully things get corrected and people at least learn from this going forward, especially with the last time we talked yeah, about this. Every every time someone has made an example like this, it's a learning experience for someone else who maybe in the future would have thought that would have been funny as well. So mm-hmm. uh, that's what I take from it. Hopefully people see this as an example to learn from and, and of course, build on their own character and build on their own um, you know, decisions they would possibly make in the future as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad he's taking this as a learning opportunity, being very positive about the whole thing, not being hateful towards any of the people who banned him from events or stuff, still friends with all of them. So, you know, hopefully people learn from this. Oh, hopefully the whole community takes this. Exactly. The esports community broadly. Mm -hmm.
2: And very lastly on this podcast, guys, uh, Nicholas, our co-host here on the channel, made a video about this Mm -hmm. just this past week. That being Valorant. I know we say a lot of great things, maybe a lot of skeptical things about the future of this because it's gonna be crazy to see how this does progress
3: yeah. as an eSport. This is a rarity in eSports. I don't think we've ever seen an eSports game develop like this.
2: No, and I think Fortnite would be a, a, maybe a comparison, but even mm. then, totally different because mm. Fortnite itself came out of nowhere. didn't have this kind of hype behind it. So mm-hmm. we're definitely seeing a lot of comparisons of, okay, did we build too high of expectations for a game like Valorant? Are our teams over-investing or making great investments? It's going to be a crazy talking point. The topic for this one, though, being Has Valorant, is it esports right now? Is it entertainment? Did it rush too fast into esports as Riot Games has actually now announced through Valorant their first official series of tournaments, which is going to be very fun to see. Mm, Absolutely. And speaking of seeing, though, you have to ask the question Are people actually watching? uh, The teams
3: uh, being involved? If you want to give a few details as of right now for the Ignition series? Yeah, we have very sparse details because, of course, this was just recently announced. So for now, we know that 20 different organizations are going to be involved, both esports as well as third party. Right now, we know G2 is going to be involved, hosting their own tournament series as part of the uh, Riot Ignition series. Uh, we think T1, T1 likely, one, yeah. TSM, uh, I assume. Uh, the, all the big names. I assume any yeah. team
2: that has, you know, a, a big name in League of Legends, it's yeah, yeah, also yeah. in Valorant.
3: I, w- I would assume that 100 Thieves has probably got something in the works. Yeah, maybe
2: a Gen G. We'll see. Yeah. Cloud, not. We'll see.
3: Uh, the most fascinating thing to me about this is uh, the fact that Riot earlier announced that they weren't going to be hands-on involved with the tournament series, period, yeah. in the immediate future. And that was merely like a month or two ago. And it's wild to see a company walk this back so fast. And I have to wonder if this is in re- in reaction to how so much of the community has been talking about. Is Valorant really a watchable esports?
2: Yeah, and I think also it could be a misinterpretation. Mm. I think I took it the same way, though, as Riot wanted to be primarily way hands-off. This, mm-hmm. to me, seems more than that. Yeah, and maybe that's yeah. just us. But um, But I think also from my side of things, what I see it as... We see a lot of these teams so far that maybe are going to be involved. They say 20 organizations. We maybe have a handful of full rosters from well-known organizations right now. And so from the ground up, we have Riot Games. At least they're doing this. But it mm-hmm. does make you wonder. There's not going to be too much prize pools from what we've seen so far. Yeah, I imagine not. 50 to 100K. And even then, what we've seen so far from G2, and I believe T1 slowly making these announcements, we're not even seeing full, fully signed teams competing. It's a lot of teams of creators mm-hmm. and personalities. Influencers. Yeah. And yeah. I
3: think just like in the, in the first event that's happening, it's mainly influencers, right? Which influencers is, and content creators. For G2s? Yeah, which yeah. Which is very
2: weird because G2, they have a speculated roster we've talked about, and mm-hmm. they even have two different speculated t- uh, players who we think are going to sign to their single valiant roster competing mm-hmm. on two different teams. I don't know. It's, it's very, it's, very it's weird.
3: weird. It's weird.
2: And if we yeah. don't exactly know how to react, so we'd love to gauge your guys' reaction mm-hmm. as well. I, I do think I take from Nell from the Counter-Strike scene, in case you guys have not seen that. We've also seen several articles out there as well. As of right now, and maybe rightfully so, Valorant is entertainment because there are no... There's no really whole eSports side of things right now. Yeah,
3: we're 100% right.
2: Besides the 200K Twitch Rivals event, we're not going to be seeing big money there. We're not going to be seeing big events with fully signed rosters or at least that many of them because they just aren't there quite yet. But I guess maybe to end on, we are seeing – Slowly, gigantic organizations turn their eyes and actually reveal their gigantic investments. We've already talked about T1. We've already talked about TSM. G2 has now entered the door firmly as going to be— Very strong. That's what Ocelot, quote-unquote, has now said, heavily investing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the hype is still there. Expectations are still there. When it comes time for tournaments and viewership, it's—
3: To me, it's not there yet. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated to see how this game does long-term, both as a game (coughs) at the base level, as well as an eSport. Because we've seen viewership numbers plummet Across the board, I think that's basically. a fair way to put it. Yeah, and, you know, I don't think anybody really predicted it would be this severe a drop-off. You know, people thought, like, oh, maybe a couple less people will be interested. I just but, didn't know, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And
2: especially because mm. we just talked about Fortnite's doing, still doing yeah. well. Uh-huh. Fortnite is still doing well, especially when they have a big events. They get big viewership. Warzone's doing tremendous. Mm. And so, and those are a little bit of a crossover here and there, especially when it comes time for streamers and people who bring big viewers. Mm-hmm. We've seen the Summits and the Doctor Disrespects and the Nade Shots mm-hmm. f- and the Tfus go away from Valorant yeah, already. They've so. all
3: fallen off. And that's, that's kind of been the fascinating part of all this to me. Like, I've had access <clears> to Valorant <throat> for quite a while. I've had it installed on my machine several times. Yeah. I've yet to boot it up once, because who cares? Because, <laughs> like, there's so many great video games out there. Yeah. We, so many competitive video games. Like, it's just hard to slot Valorant in there when, like, it's really, it's just CSGO with a shiny coat of paint.
2: I'll bring one last point into it. Slasher on Twitter brought a great point about is anyone watching these tournaments because they are 50K, maybe 100K events with not even teams that you don't have a team you can cheer for because those rosters are not complete yet. Is anyone watching this game I, I've watched a few grand finals here and there just to mm. see how the good rosters that make it to grand finals that are complete do. Mm. I'm not going to watch open qualifiers of these mixed teams that aren't signed yet. I'd, yeah,
3: yeah, that's more than fair. Like, yeah, it's like I, I, I think I'd only watch grand finals, not even quarters, not semis. I think right now it's hard to justify, like, especially
2: because it's like we got well, how, a handful of maps, four maps. Out? Yeah. So it's like I don't know. Very
3: few maps, very few characters. Matches take a good minute. Yes. If you want to sit down and watch a Valorant game, that's a time investment. And then you know,
2: you know do you? get excited watching it i we're gonna keep we're gonna keep you guys posted how it develops Mm -hmm. right now to me valorant is entertainment even then you know maybe struggling to entertain out -hmm. there as well valorant esports is still developing riot is now hands on a bit more than we thought we will see what comes next Ah, as per usual we hope you guys enjoyed the esports rewind podcast you guys are awesome you know this week definitely puts us in a funk it's just been so busy but we always appreciate you guys watching Mm. or listening zan hit him with that fat outro
3: okay guys okay okay (laughs) (laughs) as for usual okay guys thank you guys for tuning in We, we really appreciate it actually thank you thank you so much uh for everybody out there who might want to watch the uh or listen to the esports rewind on their phone on the go, in their car, on their favorite podcast platform as Choice, you can find us as part of the Prediction Esports Talk Show Network. That's P-R-E-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N. Uh, we're on iTunes, Spotify, and probably just about everywhere else. So by all means, if you want to check it out, download it. That does help support us. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you to all of our audio listeners as well. We appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, you know, thanks for joining us. We have daily esports news content you can find at esports talk on YouTube as well as esportstalk.com. If anybody ever wants to reach out, say hey, send a kind word, share a story, potential like, you know, just discussion point, whatever, reach out to us in the comments down below on Twitter at talk underscore esports, at Instagram at esports underscore talk. We're always listening, reading every single thing, even though unfortunately we're all busy and sleep deprived, so we don't have time to respond to every single thing, but we read literally everything. Thing. So thank you all for reaching out. Thank you for all the kind words recently and particularly. Uh, so, you know, Jake, do you have anything you'd like, like to leave them with?
2: Thank you all for watching. We'll see you guys back here same time, same day, every single week with Esports We wine, Wild West. <laughs> see you guys.
4: <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about.